welcome, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Keisha Green, that's my lady, yo. If you can tune in, it's the way to go. Educated author with major goals. I'll be coming right here, you have the place to be. It's a poor get mentioned, and it's all for free. Ooh, we, you know where it's at. With Miss Green on the right side of the chat. Right with a purpose, so everything is worth it. An educated platform, something you can work with. Read it, yeah, come over here. Come and get the info from some of your peers. Call over line, yeah, we got open air. Talk what you love and express what you fear. Afraid to lose, but born to win. Hey, Miss Keisha, yeah, what time to go win? Come on. Hello, welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. This is Keisha Green. It is a Manic Monday, and I'm super excited because guess what? We have the one, the only, Peter Matt tonight on the Writer's Life Chat. So join us. This is an exclusive, exclusive, exclusive interview. You do not want to miss this. Call in with your questions, comments, concerns, whatever the case may be. The number is 718 508 9827. Again, the number is 718-508-9827. If you are just listening, let us know. When I take your call, just say you're just listening instead of that awkward silence so I can get to the next call and we don't waste anyone's time here. You know, time is of the essence and time is money. So definitely, if you're listening, and I appreciate you for doing that. Also, the chat room is open, so you can create a profile on a Blog Talk Radio page and post your questions in there, and I will read them on the air. Or you can tweet me on Twitter at Keisha Green or inbox me on Facebook, and I will read your questions. you got to be in it to win it. So, yeah, definitely. Um, before we get into the show, I do want to say thank you to everyone who came out this past weekend to the Books or a Business Self-Publishing Workshop that I held in Newark, New Jersey on Saturday. Great group of people. I'm super excited for them and their upcoming releases and their books. And, yes, so thank you all who, you know, who attended that. Also, too, I want to let you guys know that tonight's show is being sponsored by the one and the only, no one other than Peter Mack with the release of his latest novel, Savage Dream. You can definitely go check that out on all online retailers, or you can go to his website as well as www.petermackpresents.com. So now that we got all of that stuff out of the way, got the stuff that like pays the bills, what have you, but I'm, I'm excited to talk to Peter because we have such a great time when he comes on to the show, great energy, and he's not a boring interview. So for you who follow Peter, you know you've listened to him before, so this tonight is not going to be any different other than he told me he wants to say something that he's never said before in an interview. So curious, aren't you guys? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm super curious to see what he wants to talk about. But this is going to be good. So like I said, call in. The show, it only works if we got callers. And the number is 718-508-9827. Also, I want to let you guys know that their um, Diva Books is offering promo packages for those authors or publishers because you never know, you know, Books are a business. That's my mantra. You know, I always talk about that. And I understand that everyone wants to promote but may not be able to promote. So I am offering, you can advertise your book on Writers Like Chat or Literary Jewels for $10 for a month or have the Writers Like Chat interview for $35 with a free book blast or three-day book blast for $21 or you can get all three that I just mentioned for 60 bucks. The choice is yours. So and I have something for every budget, from $10 all the way up to $6. There's no excuse for you not to promote your book. And you know, if anybody knows anything about book promotion, it's Keisha Green. You can go Google me. I am I'm very, very dedicated to promoting authors and their books. You can check me out on social media, at Keisha Green on Instagram and Twitter, and see how I get down. But, um, yes, definitely um, that sale is going on all this week. Um you can visit my website for www.keishagreen.com to sign up. So, again, promo opportunities, get your Writer's Life Chats interviews. And for you who don't know what a book blast is, a book blast is me prom- promoting your book via social media. 
got to have, got to be on social media. That's where everybody spends all their time. So you definitely want your book promoted there. So definitely check me out. Also, um, we got you. We need you to check out um, Peter Mack's book, Sarah's Dream. Also, too, you know, just support. Um, also, I want to know, like, what are you reading? You know, I always want to know what people are reading because we, um, I'm definitely someone who is advocating for reading. You know, my hashtag is get caught reading. So I like to hear what you're reading. So tweet me at Keisha Green or inbox me and tell me what you're reading so I can, um, I can give you a shout out. I definitely want to do that. I love that. Or if you have, what I, you know what I really like? When I see kids reading, like I love being out somewhere in public and seeing kids read. I like, I want to snatch a picture, you know, snap it, but it's like, okay, it's not my child. I don't want to get in trouble. But yes, I love to see kids, <laughs> the kids reading books because the children have a future. But I think that my guest is here. So let me bring, let me bring him in on, on the line so we can get this started. Hello. Welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. Keisha J, this is Peter Max. How you doing? Ah, this is where I go act off Star Trek. Like, oh my god, it's Peter Max! <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, can I get your autograph? That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it makes you feel good. Don't lie. You was over there smiling. Go ahead. You tell me. I don't. I know. You see my dimples. You feel them, don't you? I feel it. I feel it. By the energy, I feel it. I feel it. Okay. Yeah. So, Mr. Peter Mack, well, well, yeah. well, we haven't been over here in this hot seat for about a good two years, you know, so yeah. you made your way over here. It's been a minute, so um, I know you have a lot to talk about, and there's a lot of updates, but, like, I don't know. Should I feel some kind of way that I haven't talked to you in two years? Is that how we do it? <laughs> I haven't done many. I haven't. I haven't done many interviews um, over the last year. Okay. So, um, just met basically writing, and you know, we just we we got signature Peter Mac apparel going. So, I've just been super super busy, and I knew that um, once I did do another interview, it was going to be with you, and I want to have something. I wanted to have something significant to offer, and you know, people don't like hearing my mm-hmm. voice all the time. Why don't they? Knock it off. Why, why don't they? But they do. They do. Quiet is kept. But, no, I mean, you know, it's 2018. You know, we got the new book, new apparel, new things. Talk to me. Who, besides the obvious question of who Peter Mack is, I mean, I can ask right. you that all day. But, like, right. what, what is Peter Mack bringing this year unlike right. before? Let's just go right start there. Well, well, when I, you know, every novel is different. Um, every novel has a different uh, signature to it. So this mm-hmm. year, um, you know, as as with every novel, you know, I I um, I put women in the spotlight and I show a transition. Um, and in Sarah's dream, um, she Sarah moves from Virginia to to Los Angeles to pursue a high modeling career, and she gets caught up with this guy named Joe Skrilla, who's a a manager. Um, so I wanted to delve into the culture of pimping and prostitution and what the new element is. Um, so he has her uh, stripping and, and doing things to get her war chest up with the plan to get her into modeling. So I wanted to show the pitfalls of the LA underlife. So that was what I brought this year with Sarah's Dream. And I, did, I think it's a significant offer. Also with Sarah's Dream, I kind of wanted to put some as with all my novels, they're based in reality. So I put a little bit more reality into this novel because, you know, I hear stories that I can't make up. So truth is always better than fiction. So I always put an element of truth. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes for good, it makes for good storytelling, you know. Yeah. I mean, a little yeah, bit of definitely. truth, a little bit of drama. Right. But the truth, right. the truth is definitely... And you can't do better than the truth, because yeah, it reaches to you. And I think that when you tell the truth, um, it really pulls. It feels authentic. It is authentic. It feels authentic, and it, it it emotes like you can really get the emotion out of the page when you infuse a little bit of reality into your fiction. So that's what I did with Sarah's Dream, and right. it's a significant release for me because it's my twentieth novel. And it's a celebration, you know, 20 novels in, um, new apparel. And when oh, I started writing, yeah. I know, when I started writing over 10 years ago, that was my vision. 
And, you know, the funny thing, the way that God works is that we plan, but God plans better. While we're planning, God is planning. And I had no idea. Yeah, with my first (laughs) – when I wrote my first book, um, A Neighborly Affair, which was put out by True Life Publishing, uh, Karen Mitchell, bless her heart. I hope she's listening. She's with Carl Weber over at Urban Books now. But uh, when I wrote um, A Neighborly Affair, it was about a woman who wanted to find love and security in the same man, and she had met this guy in prison who wanted to start an apparel line. I had no idea that what I wrote would come in would come into existence. I mean, sure, Karen, you know, she sold the apparel for me. She put the order form in the back of the first book. She believed in the vision, and uh, we've just been moving since then, 2008. And uh, it's still been going. And to be able to achieve what I've been able to achieve in prison under these circumstances through all those struggles, it's a blessing. And I think that it was uh, by divine providence. So that's that's what I'm bringing this year. It's just a celebration of, of, of something achieved and everything that I worked for has come to fruition. Mm, wow. Let's go. Let's just touch back to how you got 20 books. Can we just stop do, right there? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's that is like, like an you know, accomplishment. Because I know. That's big. I'm, I'm going to cut you off here, but that is right. huge. I want to say this just from, you know, I, it will be 12 years next month that I've been an author. And right. 20 books, that's a that's a huge play. That's something to, like, get down, clap, do whatever you need to right. do, run a man, right. jump up, sit down, whatever. Right. That's a huge right. accomplishment because I've seen so many so many authors come and go. They'll say, whatever happened to such and such? And I'm like, hashtag note cards because I haven't seen them after the first book. Like, so right. to have that longevity, you know, right. that in itself is wonderful. So tell me, what keeps you going like an energizer bunny with the book? Well, um, living vicariously through my um, my characters, um, I'm not able to able to live these lives. So I'm living vicariously through my characters, and there's so much going on. You know, I talk to people all the time, and I hear all these stories, and um, you know, there aren't, you know, like the Quran says, if you if you think that you're amazing, um, you could not do what God does. If you had, uh, if every tree was an ink pen and every ocean was ink, you could not fashion what has been fashioned before you. So uh, it has been my mission to tell as many stories as I can, as authentically as I can, and and so that I can reach as many people as I can. So every book has dealt with something different. There are no two books alike. And how I got to 20 books is, um, you know, I worked with uh, Joy Deja King. Um, I've worked with Cassius Alexander. I've worked with... uh, I have I've written books that I've sold um, to popular publishers that my name is not on. So while I've been able to mm-hmm. um, while I've been able to write as an independent author, I've also had these contracts with other publishers. So that's how I reached twenty books. And um, you know, so I would meet people. Um, say, for instance, Domina um, submission is a privilege. It's a biographical novel about a woman who is a dominatrix living in Los Angeles, and that's an easy book to write because she's telling me her story. I infuse two characters with it, and that's one book. Bam. So, and and, and the real story is that. Um, when I first started writing, before the internet was really popular, before self-publishing was really popular, um, you know, at the time when you had to write a book and wait six to eight months to hear something, well, I just kept writing, you know. Um, and by the time I got my first contract, I was already ten books deep. Mm. Okay, so can you be my like my hero, my like? Give me my friend. I need your I need your help, your motivation, like, cause I get in front of my laptop and I get I get distracted with Facebook within the first fifteen minutes. So what, what is the what is the motivation? What, what please, please. Um. Well, the motivation was, you know, I I just wanted to live and being, you know. I wanted to tell the stories, and, um, you know, I was trafficking drugs and, and doing all kind of stuff, and um, I just prayed. I prayed to God to, to, to deliver me from that situation, and what happened was mm-hmm. I just started dreaming, and, you know, my first novel was called Foot Sweet, 
And um, and that entire novel was given to me in a dream. I was, I was in administrative segregation um, with nothing, no TV, no radio, no no distractions. And um, mm-hmm. I would get up in the middle of the night, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, and write down whatever section of dream I had and put it on the paper. I would buy paper from along the tier with Kool-Aid and cookies, and um, you know because you don't get much in the hole. And I would just write it. I got out the hole, typed it up, sent it out to different publishers, um, and you know got a contract. And so yeah, you know no distractions, and uh, it was just easy that way. So I just kept on. And like I said, you know people ask me all the time, like how did you do it? How do you do it? Well, I just prayed. And who can say what the universe gives you when you ask for it? How can you quantify it? Wow. Mm. Wow. Okay, so back to how you going to help me. Maybe I need to hire I'm you as my ghostwriter. Ghostwriter <laughs> 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 might be the way to go. <laughs> you, I, yeah. I think. Honey, if you're listening, they might think that. Like, I heard you on Teacher Green's show. You, you ghostwrite my book. <laughs> I know. I don't know if I can get paid. I did that before, and um, I was offered. Uh-huh. I, I, I can't even tell you what I was offered, but I don't think. No, you can tell me because I'm gonna tell you what I was offered one time, and you won't be like, "What?" <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> um, you know, well, holy cow! I don't know. The thing about ghostwriting is I love owning the masters to my work, and it's almost like birthing a baby mm. and giving it away. You know, have you? You know, I. It's tough. Like I couldn't imagine just putting my book, my my baby away. Um, when I wrote two books for Joy Deja King, she paid me outright, but I was able to keep my name on it. But I still felt, you know, like I was giving my baby away. Um, okay. See, there are some authors that do like to; they don't mind doing it. And you know, I know a, a few authors who have successfully, you know, did such, and you know, they make a nice, cool little you know, side hustle, change, doing it. Right. Um, what do you, like, you said that you wouldn't be, you know, you don't want to give it away, you want to own it. But push came to shove, would you do it? Answer that question. Would you? I go I wouldn't go fight at this point, no. Okay. Do you <laughs> think that the um, ghost writers are, are compensated, uh, you know, a fair price or... Well, I don't know. It just depends on you know. It depends on who you're working with. I remember I was I, I was talking to Terry Woods about ghostwriting, and um, mm-hmm. she wanted me to ghostwrite the last book in the Deadly Rain series, and, um, and okay. you know to convince to convince me to do it, she said James Patterson was a ghostwriter for years, and then I learned yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So then I learned. So what he did was he took that model and he uses it for himself now. He writes. Not one of his books. He has like a hundred people on staff who writes his books, and he puts his name on it. So yeah, that's what I James. heard. Yeah. I did not want to believe that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He just, yeah. Oh he my just goodness, that is crazy. Um, yeah. that is very interesting. I remember about four years ago. Four years ago, um, I was asked to ghost write a book for a woman who was going to be on a reality show. Um, and they only wanted to pay $1,500. And I right. said, ain't no way in hell, right, <laughs> that, like, it's not, it's insulting. It's insulting, for number one. And it's, right. like, $1,500 for, to ghostwrite this book. She went on to be on Love and Hip Hop, and, you know, right. she, you know, she became, you know, I guess what you would call a C-list celeb. I guess that reality right. TV circuit or whatever. They're D-list, I, and I don't mean any disrespect to reality no, stars. No, I don't know what, what to refer to them because I can't, I can't put you on the same level as Denzel Washington because that you are not. You're not an Angela Bassett, so that's <laughs> an A-list to me. So a right. reality star, C, D-list or something, because you're trying to, you're trying to get to that level too. Don't get me wrong. Like you want right. to be up there with yeah. Denzel. Um, yeah, I'm like. I mean, you I'm might like get there, you, They might get there quick, quicker than me and you because they've been on a reality right. show. But right. you know, still, they still gonna have to explain themselves at the door. Like, who? What show? Yeah. They gonna have well, to. Somebody gonna ask them. 
Well, every time we go live, we're creating our own reality show, you know? So just because I know that's right. Say that. Yeah, yeah. Just because someone else is producing it doesn't make it any more better. Um, it just depends on the content right. and how people respond. Definitely. I, and you, you're absolutely right. And I've definitely learned that just from, now here's my shameless plug, of my live <laughs> stream that I do on Thursdays nights with Digital Foreplay. So, yes, absolutely. It's my own little reality show. And you get to see Keisha Green in that element. But yeah, fifteen hundred dollars. She's on a you know, Love and Hip Hop and now I see she's um graduated to the, you know, Love and Hip Hop the, the Atlanta um, you know, franchise of it. And I'm still like, Okay, so I'm not saying that this person wasn't gonna be successful, but why didn't the people behind her believe in her to think it was worth paying, I guess I should say. But in this business, as you know, Peter, um some of these literary people don't do what they're supposed to do, and they take shortcuts, and it's some grimy stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, you, when you lose control, you have to, you subject yourself to all of that. Um, yeah. Right. So, yeah. It just depends, you know. It depends on your content and, 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 and how you go about it, you know, with anything that you do, especially in, in our instance with publishing and, and your instance with uh, live streaming, you just want to make sure that your production value is A1, A-list, and not D-list, and, uh, right. and, and, and they're professional. Right, right, definitely, definitely, and that's, you know, that's what it all boils down to. So I do, um, going back into Peter Mac world, I have a question mm-hmm. for you, where, like, yeah. with your, with the latest release, Sarah's dream. I want to know, like, why, 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 and mm-hmm. you can you can say Keisha, none of your business. I'm asking you anyway. Mm-hmm. But why did you decide to include some of your personal life in this novel, a fictional novel, nonetheless? Um. Well, this novel was written uh, a couple years ago, and um, okay. So yeah, so. It basically was in response to questions that I was receiving. Um, there are two elements of fact in this novel. It opens with um, a particular day that I had um, in prison, um, waking up, moving out about you know about the prison and handling business and, and meeting people and different conversations and stuff like that. And I kind of wanted to share what, I, what my world was. And the second element mm-hmm. of fact second element of fact was my relationship is my relationship with uh, my son's mother, Lisa Nichols. And the only reason okay. I put that the only reason I put that in there is because in her book, um, no matter what, um, she spoke about me. And being okay. in prison in being in prison you feel voiceless. So I had no way to respond except through a fictional novel. Um just to correct wow. Just to correct the record um, and to and to say my piece. Um, so you know, so where I felt like my voice was not being heard, um, putting um, what I was going through in relation to in relationship to what she was putting down on paper was very important to me. Um, it wasn't. It is not um, a mode of clout chasing. It is merely my story. Um, and if people want to compare the two stories, they can feel free to do so. But um, because this is a fictional account, you can believe it or not. Um, so, but the ironic thing is that, um, yeah, the ironic thing is that you know most people's nonfiction is fictional, and most people's fiction is really the truth. And that's just that's just the irony of how things work. And uh, so yeah, so it's just it, you know, and people were asking me. Um, you know, what was your relationship like? What really happened? I heard you did this. I heard you do that. And I said, well, read this book, and you can get the updates on what's happening. But this book is especially mm-hmm. uh, special. This book is especially special because now I'm getting messages. And, you know, I, I congratulate and I motivate uh, Lisa um, at every turn. And um, But at this point, um, you know, people are asking me, you know, she's on tour, and she's talking about a relationship that she had that was um, filled with uh, domestic abuse. And so people are asking me, who know me, um, were you the 
something. And I, you know, I'm like, mm. no, that was not, yeah, that's not me. And um, so, uh, so I just have to correct that part. Um, it's not me that did it. Okay. It's not me that used it. So it was kind of a way to just, you know, I put my my personal life in my novel as a way to correct the record. Mm. And, and you know, so so people can see it for what it is. Um, so that's why I put my my private okay. life in my novel because I feel voiceless and I want to. Mm. Okay. All right. Nothing wrong with that. So yeah. we got the new book, we got the new apparel, and just new stuff in general. So let's jump into the apparel because last time we had spoke, it was more so it was, you know, Peter Max Presents. It was just, you know, the signature logo tees. But now yeah. you've ventured out a little bit more. What made you want to do that? Well, yeah, and, and, and again, it's, you know, I write in response to, to what my readers um, want and um, specifically with uh, submission as a privilege um, with Amina, um, I wanted to make a, make a shirt that was reflective of what was happening in that novel and the new apparel is, is based on uh, each novel. Um, Freedom Ain't Free is my personal mantra. Um, it's what I've been working for uh, this whole time and uh, I think that you don't have to be in prison to be incarcerated. And you don't have to pay for your freedom with money alone. Um, when I say that freedom isn't free, which is one of my uh, one of my apparel lines, one of my T-shirt signatures, is that, and it goes hand in hand with my hashtag, LibriStyReady, um, to achieve freedom, you have to be ready to pay, either mentally, emotionally, discipline, um, and you, be ha- you have to be prepared to die in some way so that you can live richly in another way. Um, for instance, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if you drink and drinking is getting in the way of being productive, you need to be able to kill drinking. If gossiping is keeping you from healthy relationships, you need to be able to die to gossiping. Um, if selfishness mm. keeps you from ha- yeah, if selfishness keeps you from having unselfish people in your life, then that trait needs to die in you so that you can live better. So to live rich and die ready means that you have to die in order to live richly. Um, and so freedom ain't free is along the same lines. You have to be willing to pay in order to be free. Mm. So, yeah, so each, okay. So each, sig- yeah, so each signature T. It's based on a novel, my first novel, um, under my government name, was called Hood Sleep. So, and we have a t-shirt line called Hood Sleep, More Than a Dime. So I wanted to bring that back, and it's for women who um, move with desire, motivation, and dedication for peace, power, and position. So the T1 t-shirt says More Than a Dime. And, you know, we just want to take women past the, the exterior, because I personally believe that beauty comes from the inside out. So being more than a dime is exactly that. And uh, so, yeah, so every T okay. is representative. Yeah, so every T is representative of a personal attribute and uh, something that we aspire mm-hmm. to. So that's the, that's the motivation behind okay. the T's. I want to talk about something else. So I was over there on your Facebook page being nosy, right? <laughs> I was being nosy, <laughs> looking at your post and what have you, what she was doing over there. And what something that stuck out to me about tonight's interview, you stated that this is the last interview from prison. Is there something you want to tell us? It's going down. Look, cricket. It's almost time. I said cricket. It's almost time. Okay, that's all you want. That's all you giving me. It's almost time. Mm. Okay. Okay, okay. We, that's that's all. That's all you want to say. Come on, Peter Max. How you do Keisha Green well, like that? This must be exclusive. Well, we, Give me a little, a little, little tiny bit without a lot. <laughs> okay, you're thinking long and hard, y'all. <laughs> what to share and what not to share. Do do we do I have to come back to it? You want me to switch and go to another question? Because you don't no, know what to say. 
you know, I just had the guy walk by. So, um, so yeah, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's almost time. That's what I can say on that. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, more, I don't want a bunch of people showing up at the gate. So I'm like, you know, we here to come get you. But yeah, it's almost time. You know, this is my last okay. interview from prison. This is my last interview from prison, and um, um, we anticipate my last year here. So, um. Uh, you know, we, we, we it's almost time for the next step. Um, film school, um, making films and, and taking this whole thing to the next nice. level. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this is awesome. This is awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So like I mean, you mentioned about, you know, with prison and the re- um release and all that stuff. Now and I we did an article, an interview in Urban Times magazine and right. that was one of the things, one of the questions that I asked you because not many people would have known about your situation. Why do you? Right. Why did you feel it was important to tell people? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of incarcerated authors right. that don't want you to know. I remember I was doing a show. I always do it around like in the spring or early summer, like from a incarceration to incorporation. People who have you know were incarcerated and now they're not and they're, you know, they're out doing things, or they might still be in, but they have made a successful, you know, career despite that negative of being, you know, behind bars. And one of the authors was like, um, I would love to do your show, but I don't want anyone to know. No one knows that I'm incarcerated. I'm like, right, right. if nobody knows how to watch. But my thing is, if nobody knew, how did I know to ask you to be on my show? So clearly your secret right. is out, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. But hey, yeah. whatever. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it it kind of feels like, you know, at first, you know, it just goes hand in hand with what I felt when I first came to prison. I felt such a sense of shame. Okay. And this sense of shame motivated my writing because I wanted my writing to erase the shame, right? So so the, uh-huh. the last thing that people, yeah, so the last thing that people uh could say about me was that he did this good thing and he did that good thing and not that bad thing. So along with that shame was not wanting to tell people where I was. And not only that, um, I didn't want to be judged. And as a a writer, you know, I didn't want any doors to close to me. But that Mm. wasn't cool. Yeah, but that wasn't cool. It was being dishonest because, you you know, I would be found out, you know, I lost a contract with Waheeda Clark because she, she offered me a contract, learned I was in prison because I hid the facts. And I think this was the turning point. She offered me the contract for affiliated. Wow. Um, yeah, real talk. Um, even and Vicky Stringer at, at Triple Crown wanted affiliated. I shopped it to Waheeda. And, you know, she was like, hey, but you're in prison. So um, they found that out. I tried to hide it. But then I, and so after that, I was just like, you know what? What the hell? I'm just gonna be upfront and um just say what it is mm-hmm. because by this time I yeah, by this time I got over my shame and and I felt like to be honest would be to have a more real relationship with whoever decided to be in business or partnership with me. Um and to have a dishonest Absolutely. relationship. Yeah, to have a dishonest relationship, you're always threatened with it ending because you are found out. And I didn't want that over my head. I mean, living dishonestly is what got me in prison. So I refuse to live dishonestly anymore. And so if you can accept me for who I am and what I am, that's great. It's a blessing. If you can't, then that's your loss because you have judged me. And um, and I just keep it moving. And, you know, there's somebody for everybody. And, um, and that goes mm-hmm. for publishers and editors as well. If no one wants to work with you in your honest capacity, they're not worth you being with. Because when you succeed, you need good, honest relationships to help you keep succeeding. And that's when I, and I, and that was the turning point. That's when I decided that I would just let it hang all out. You know, the only thing I could lose mm-hmm. was, yeah, I just let it hang all out and be who I am. And I've had a much greater success with that. And sure, I've, you know, right. I've lost friends. Right. Yeah, I've lost friends. And, I've lost friends and people have not wanted to deal with me because, he, oh, he's in prison and it might mean this, it might mean that. Hey, you're not for me anyway because, you know, to, to understand what this prison system is is to understand the social history of America. You know, sure, it's probably right. my fault. 
it's partly my fault, but if you have no social conscience, then I wouldn't want to be in business with you anyway. Mm. There you go. See, I, I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, that's real talk. And I, and I can appreciate that. That's, I mean, yeah. you figure from, from our first, our first um, meeting, it was more so, um, I knew what it was from the beginning. And yeah, you have a choice because being in my profession of, you know, with this whole literary consulting and promotion and stuff, I can pick and choose who I want to work with. And I have worked with authors that have been incarcerated and mm-hmm. I've had good, good, good times. And I've had some bad experiences where it's like, you know what, it ain't worth it because it's just not going to work. You know, it's just, yeah. we're not going to work. It's not going to work well. Whereas with you, like, oh my God, like if you wouldn't have told me, I don't think I would have known. And, you know, you're very vocal. Like, you know, sometimes I, I have blonde moments and I, I start bugging and what have you. But for the most part, mm-hmm. like, everything else is like, you know, we're fine. And, you know, you're very smart. I will say that you are not just a writer. Like, you're very knowledgeable and not just, okay, I wrote a book and it's going to sell. But the marketing, the strategies, all of right. that the social, right. you know, the search engine optimization, like everything, right. like you are well educated on this from front to back. So for me, you know, my, my mantra is books are a business. And if I can't say right. nobody else, Peter Mack, you got that. You, it, it's a business, <laughs> you know, and you, you really got that, that, you know, that's an entrepreneur because you got your hands just not as the publisher and, you know, the author, but, you know, with the apparel and now getting into screenwriting, all of this stuff. I mean, it's a business, so I I salute you for it and everything. This, you know, I think it's pretty dope. I think that is super dope. This is this is the part. Now, see, I don't gave you that compliment. See how I slid that in. This is where you're supposed to come out and say, "Oh my God, Keisha Green, I love you so much," and we're gonna ride off into the sunset together. Remember? You on point. You on point. But you know, but but piggybacking off of that, you know, piggybacking off of that, you know, along with you know original storytelling, um, each novel, you know, I try to put business practices in each novel. There's always a business professional. There's always a business interaction. There's always game being displayed in the novels. You're always going to come away mm-hmm. knowing something different. Not just how to sell dope, not just how to prostitute, but you're going to know how to the point spread. You know how to sell real estate, how to how to get a mortgage, how to uh, you know right. even if you're, yeah. So you're going to learn something that's very um, translatable to your own life um, by reading my novels. And you know, and sometimes I have to research, and sometimes I have to talk to business professionals, and you know, because I want to have a a guy go into a loan office. Um, up to buy an apartment complex. So I'm going to put everything mm-hmm. in there that you have to know about buying property. So if you never knew anything about buying property, after you read an urban mm-hmm. fiction novel, either Mac, you're going to know everything you need to know when you go into that brokerage firm just by a simple mm-hmm. interaction. And the same is true for uh, Sarah's, Sarah's dream. Um, for women who get caught up in the uh, modeling world and you meet these shady characters, it's going to gang you up into what you need to do to protect mm. yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Wow. Um, yeah, Dropping those and, jewels, I like it. That's what it's about. Well, I Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like I said, knowledgeable. You're very knowledgeable yeah. and those are jewels. Um, I want, I know we have like, too. you know. Google 
I say it to everybody. Google is your friend. It really is. Google is your friend. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. If you don't know something, Google it. Google it. <laughs> but, you know, I've If you don't know, if you don't, don't. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, my personal uh my personal motto uh, when I started writing was to return love and respect to the art of creative fiction. Um because mm-hmm. yeah, because with the advent of um self-publishing nowadays and how easy it is to to get on, right. people who people who have no business writing are writing. And and yeah. with the writing I just yeah. said that last And what they're writing is stuff that it's already been written. Um, You know, there are only so many dope tales you can tell. Um, There are so many hood stories that you can tell. Um, And sure, everyone's story is unique and original, and and I give them that. Um, But when you, you know, how how many titles can have eight words in it? Um, because it, it, and it just all starts to feel the same. Um, and when you can anticipate right. what's going to happen, when you can anticipate what's going to happen, um, that's not a good thing. And you know, and it might take a minute. Right. You know, it might take you might take you two, three, four, five books um, to get it right. Um, but that's when your talent wins out. When you can get to that fifth book and then figure it out. You know, I'm still figuring it out. Twenty books in. You know, I mm-hmm. think that. You know, I think that Sarah's dream is a um, is a model of everything that I've learned over the last ten years. Um, you know, the last book, last book wasn't perfect. I missed something. The book before that wasn't perfect. I missed something, and perhaps my mm-hmm. next book will be better than you know my next book will be better than Sarah's dream, and I'll learn something that I missed. So the point is to always get right. better. Yeah, to always get better, to always express yourself authentically, and to also offer something new. Um, in a new way, um, whether it be with language, um, whether it be with characters, whether it be with situations. Um, you know, so if I have three novels that have a pimp in the book, then those three pimps are going to be different. Mm. I like that. I like that. Okay, so now before I'm going to get some callers in because um, shout out to those who have been patiently waiting. I see you. I acknowledge you, 678-512 and 954. Um, there was another one that was there, but um, they're not there anymore. But before I do, I do want to say kudos and congratulations to you because you're a Pan American Center Book Award winner. So, hey, that's what's up. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. That was, that was kind of a surprise. Um, and it's interestingly enough, that is a true story about um, – I got a Pan American Center Book Prize for my novel, Filthy, which is an autobiographical mm. novel. It's, a, <laughs> it's an autobiographical novel um, about my time in Los Angeles, 1984, when I had to go live with my grandmother. And um, all of my uncles on the east side of Los Angeles were dope dealers and hustlers. And uh, so when I moved on to 41st and Figueroa, Figueroa was the whole stroll. I was like a minor celebrity because my uncles had paved the way. You know, everybody knew my uncles. So I was 14 mm-hmm. years old, and my grandmother, my grandmother had raised 10 kids, and she wasn't in a position to raise me. And I had to fend for myself, and the corner was mine. And um, so I just started selling crack, and before I knew it, I was sexing grown women, carrying a pistol, in drug houses, serving prostitutes, and, um, and it was the truth. Uh, so I went from a kid playing, you know, play boxing and riding bikes in the street and playing hang-go-seek, hang-go-get it, you know, if you know what I mean. I'm um, just a regular kid, 14-year-old kid, and, um, and had to move to a world where um, those things, I didn't see those things um, at my grandmother's house. Um, so it was just uh, one of those situations, and I told the story and got an award for it. I, I never expected it at all. So, um, you know, that kind of motivated me a little bit. Mm. At least it gave me. Okay. Well, I least, mean, it's still. Yeah, yeah, at least it let me know I was on to something and I, and I had uh Well, yeah, that you won an award for it. And I'm, that was yeah. definitely good. And I know last year for 2017, um, my organization, Literary Jewels, you were nominated for Literary's Best Kept Secret. So, definitely, people, um, people are paying huge. attention. Keisha, that is yeah. a list. You hear me? 
You better say that, Peter Matt. <laughs> that is a list. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, know. seriously. I mean, it's it's a wonderful it was a wonderful thing to be able to present it to you. Um my for the literary jewels literary awards is something that it takes me about nine months to do. Um it's I ask a lot of questions on social media. I send a lot of emails to people. I have about mm-hmm. each year I have six people that I talk to in an inbox for nine months, and I switch it up each year for the reason I don't want anyone to get comfortable or like a certain type of thing. I find random people, and when it comes, when the categories come up, I ask them all, okay, literary is best kept secret, and everybody puts in a name, so when the name is chosen, it's like, okay, this is awesome, and when I saw your name, I said, that is awesome. That's awesome. You know, because win, lose, or draw, it's a feeling to be nominated. Somebody's thinking about you. I'm always surprised when I find out someone new that knows about me um, because I'm not able to go to book fairs. I'm not able to go to bookstores and do interviews and stuff like that. So right. you know, I, remember one, uh, I remember one time I, I was talking to a sister and she was telling me a story about how she was talking to another young lady about me. And the other young lady was like, you know, they were wondering if it was the same Peter Mac. Like there can't be two Peter Macs. So they did their own research and found out it was the same guy. So I'm always surprised and I'm always, you know, flattered when people that had no clue knew who I was, who I didn't know personally, or who writes a review that I don't know, um, you know, because they say your first reviews are the people that you know. So whenever I get a review from someone I don't know, that's like an award for me because it, you know, lets me know mm. that someone, yeah, it lets me know that someone um, spoke about me, someone liked me, someone referred me, and um, it validates what I'm doing. So I was validated when someone right. mentioned my name. Yeah, when someone mentioned my name as a nominee for a best kept secret, um, not only did it validate me, but to myself, I said, you know, I will not be a secret for long. There you go. There yeah. you go. I like that. <laughs> that that was definitely that was yeah. a good answer. I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got a couple minutes. I need to take these phone calls. I got to take these phone calls. Um, like I said, listeners, if you're just listening, say you're just listening so I can get on to the next one because we only got like 10 minutes left. Um, six, seven, eight, I'm taking your call. Welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. Who's this? She's just listening. Just listening? Okay, I'm going to <laughs> the next listening. one. Thank you for listening, though. We appreciate that. 512, I'm taking your call. Hello, welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. Who's this? Okay, I like that though. They're listening. Nine five four. I'm taking your call. Welcome to the Writers Life Chat. Who's this? Nine five four. You there? Okay, that's what's up. That's okay. They were just listening. That's wonderful. I appreciate you. Um, so before I let you go, Peter, what do you want to leave the listeners with? What do you want them to know? I thank you. I appreciate you. I write for you. I appreciate your reviews. I appreciate your feedback and everything that I've worked for for over these last 10 years with the books and apparel. I could not do it without you. Um, you know, freedom ain't free, and you've allowed me to be free through my writing, and I appreciate you. Thank you, and I love you. And as always, live rich, die ready. Oh, it flows off your tongue like so it's so easy. Like every time I see you online, you're like live and die ready. It's like, oh my goodness. Like, okay, well, all right, if you say so. That's well, you oh know, living that saved my life. Um, my brother Ansar introduced me to uh, Sufism, which is a branch of Islam. And Sufism is like the mm-hmm. fruit. Is the Sufism is the fruit of the letter. And the fruit of the letter okay. means that the fruit of the letter means that um, we recognize that our words have power. So every time I say, okay. ready, it, it reminds me of what I need to do for myself. And if it rings true for you and if it touches your soul, then it will, it will manifest in your life to live rich and die ready. So, yeah, it flows okay. off of me because, because it's inside of me. Okay. I like that. All right. So give the website and how people can stay in touch with you before we wrap up. Um, yeah, you can, yeah, petermacpresents.com. 
Um, we just updated the website. We have everything you need at PeterMacPresents.com. We have the VIP list. We have interviews, pictures, videos, reviews, uh, the signature Peter Mac Apparel links. Um, we have everything there. So we have the social media links. So if you go to PeterMacPresents.com, you'll be directed to everything you need to know. We have the Urban Times Magazine interview link on there. We'll have this interview link on there. We have all of our interview links on PeterMacPresents.com. So anything you need to know about Peter Mac, anything you need to know about me, Isiko Cooks, you can find it at PeterMacPresents.com. Okay. Alrighty. Well, Peter, thank you so much for being on the Writer's Life Chat. Your family here, you're welcome. I can't wait to talk to you um, again. And it'll be like it. I want the I want to put it out there. I want the I want the exclusive. I want the post release exclusive interview. I'm putting that out into the atmosphere <laughs> right now. I want that yeah. interview. Okay. Yeah. I want, I want yeah. that one. <laughs> Uh, but definitely perfect even better we can do a Facebook live with that one that would be off the hook off the hook it would be be awesome definitely I I definitely I'm all for it we're going to make that happen but yes as always please continue to be great continue doing your thing wishing you nothing but continued success and thank you thank you thank you for letting you know the writers like chat be this exclusive interview that you did. This is the last one. So um, thank you. Yeah, you my Yes, you yes. Know, you, like we're, yeah. we're friends for real. It's not just on Facebook. Yeah. We're friends for real. <laughs> From day one, Tisha, you've always been real with me. You've always, you know, you've always kept real with me. You've always been someone that I can call on to give me assistance, give me guidance. And um, I appreciate you. So I knew that when I wanted to do this last exclusive interview, there was no one better suited to it than you. Oh, you are so flattering. I swear, you make me sound like a superstar, but thank you. I will take that. I will definitely take that. And I will, um, I know time, like time is of the essence with you over there, so I won't keep you, but thank you so much, Peter. And I will talk to you offline, and God bless. God bless, Liberty. Got ready. All righty. Thank you so much. Thank you all for tuning in to the Writer's Life Chat. This is a great interview with Peter Mack. If you missed anything, please replay on www.writerslifechat.com. Share the link. Spread the word. There's many people that don't know about Peter Mack, so please let them know about this. So he's not the literary best-kept secret. He can be the household name. Let's make it happen. And good night. God bless. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>